Good morning, loves. This is Marnie with the Golden Thread Podcast. I am honored to have you guys here today and even more honored to have a dear sister join me um, from the Caribbean, Jetem. And she is just, I feel like a soul sister. We've We've had some interactions. We've always seemed to be floating into different spaces at different times, but I feel her so deeply wherever she is, whether it's Egypt or Hawaii or just doing her magic all over the world. And let me just tell you a little bit about our guest today so that you can get a good sense and just enjoy the ride of really this topic and episode is going to be about reclaiming the feminine. Um, So she is a storyteller of ancient mythos, a shapeshifter, an oracle, a priestess, and a scribe, an emissary to the goddess, and decadent to the awakening memories of our mysteries. And she walks a spiral path of deep remembrance and reclamation of the divine feminine. I'm going to let her kind of go over her journey in itself, and you can read a little bit more about it in the bio section. But she's a steward of Sage Sanctuary, a metaphysical haven for modern mystics, and she offers her gifts as an oracle, a Magdalene priestess, a green witch, a tarot reader and teacher, an energy healer, sacred temple artisan, ancient civilizations researcher, spiritual entrepreneur, and Shaun Shamana as refuge for ritual, ceremony, and divination. And I love this last quote. Her passion is interwoven purpose is to be a beacon of unapologetic empowerment, to live in the embrace of Eros and to trust the truth of our royal and ancient origins, linking us with eternal and intelligent infinity. Above all else, I am sacred. Oh, I am service to the sacred. Yay! <laughs> I need to shorten that bio. <laughs> Oh. Have to read that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much because you know, as I was I was mentioning to her before we got on the podcast today, I just I had my my five and a half hour oral presentation in academia world of PhD work of women's studies of like basically shouting from the rooftops all that was in that bio right there <laughs> in its own way. And so just to feel this like just feel this validation of like yes you're on the right track Marnie it was like so I love it I love the whole bio please don't change it I think it's sent. <laughs> so but welcome to the golden thread podcast and this is kind of what we do we're trying to bring and bridge you know ancient civilizations with modern age and find the thread in between all these different ways that we are learning and growing together and how we can create a community of just more reverence and more intelligence and education is so key. Um, So please tell us about yourself and your story. Mm. Thank you, Marnie. It's so beautiful to be here with you. And you're right. We're always interweaving in some way, shape or form, whether I'm leaving somewhere and you're just arriving and you're going somewhere that I was just leaving. And so, yeah, we just have to meet in the heart then. So thank you so much for having me. And for also just, can we get a round of applause for you for defending the reclamation of the feminine for your dissertation? Like that's really huge. And I want to celebrate you on that. That feels like not just, you know, a, a sovereign and singular win, but it's a win for all of us. And so thank you. And when I mean all of us, it's all of us. 
Thank you. So, yeah, absolutely. And so me, ooh, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the Caribbean. Um, grew up in the Virgin Islands. Um, my dad is of French Caribbean descent. My mother is American. And I grew up here until I was about 12 years old. And then I moved to California. I ended up uh, kind of doing one of those summer model scout kind of deals and and won and won a, a contract with a, a well-known agency out of Los Angeles. And so I moved to California and really got to see the world from that point. Before then, I had been, you know, an island girl who was very content with beaches and sun and sand and sea. And, you know, being able to travel and, and see a completely new world was an eye-opening, soul-shaking experience that really helped me to gain so much independence. Um, I ended up going to college in San Francisco and studied theater and uh, classical civilizations and moved on to uh, go to school in Miami and then also New York and came back to the Virgin Islands and opened up a business. And uh, I got married when I was 25. And um, I think where this story kind of takes uh, the the course corrective path is that, you know, I kind of had everything that I was quote unquote looking for on the external. And my husband and I were very interested and deeply devoted to uh, learning the shamanic path. And so we would sit in ayahuasca ceremonies together and um, would really just try to carve out time for cuddling into the mystery of what it is that we were so curiously called to. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> seven years into our marriage, my husband died in his sleep, tragically, without any cause. And... Yeah, my entire life completely changed. Mm -hmm. And what was inside really got externalized and the externalized got internalized. And so this kind of persona of a businesswoman and, um, you know, having it all together, happily married, you know, really the kind of boss babe, quote unquote, um, really internalized. And I went completely hermit for years Mm -hmm. and devoted myself to the only thing that kept me anchored and it was the goddess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um she and I had had a a friendship throughout my entire life um I've always been clairvoyant and clairaudient and it was very active as a child and you know you kind of get into a certain state where it's not appropriate to see or hear uh -huh. things and it goes dormant uh -huh. and my experiences with the plants and in altered states of consciousness and deep states of meditation uh, that and those abilities started to really come home and root and I nurtured them because they were really my my anchor to uh -huh in a human experience at that point and just for plainly speaking like these were the things that kept me alive <laughs> yeah really truly because there was just not much that was tethering me to my human experience anymore with the loss of my husband and so my devotion kept me alive and mm -hmm. 
I really just went deeply back into my practices in a way that was more aligned than it ever could have been and more dedicated than it ever could have been. And there was a deep gift in that unraveling and that almost blossoming of coming home. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you feel it. You, for me, at least I did feel it. I had a moment of profound revelation where in the midst of my grief, I could feel a part of my soul walking out and a part of also my soul that was time encoded to enter in at this certain point. Mm -hmm. And the big gaping hole that was in my heart was a crack that let the light in. Mm -hmm. And, and also, you know, was still letting the darkness in as well but there was this kind of almost like a high five of like the soul fractal on its way out mm -hmm. and the soul fractal on its way in and it it changed me in a way that I think is still very much evolving and probably if I had the highest and fullest expectations around it will continue to keep evolving mm -hmm. these gifts skills, these abilities, these talents, these dreams, these memories. Um, and really there's a a clear a clear focus. I wouldn't say a clear understanding, but a clear focalized feeling mm -hmm. that I'm in alignment and I have had to endure this experience, not even to endure it, but to embrace it as something that I chose mm -hmm. and that's kind of a pill to swallow sometimes I think even in saying it to some people or even to myself sometimes it's like Ugh, yeah it's a tense happens within my body but I do feel in the divine sequencing of what I chose that mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be here at this moment with this collective consciousness weaving and interweaving mm -hmm is here now so yeah that's in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> oh like that was such a quick way to just like bring everything into synopsis of of your entire human experience and blessings to your deeply beloved partner wherever he may be and holding him in grace as well while we have this beautiful conversation um I feel like these these poignant moments of real, real deep human initiation is where we do crack into the goddess and, and crack into our divine feminine nature. And for the many years that I've been doing it, and I see so many similarities in our story, but you know, this reclamation of the feminine comes deep from a from these spaces of like incredible suffering. And at the same time, it's like our biggest liberation and those moments that we can only see the darkness is kind of like where we see the light. And there's that whole, like, I love the, the, what you were saying, the nuance of the fractalization of it, because it's true. And you, unless you've gone through a portal like that, or an experience like that, um, you know, you're, there's no way of understanding what that means. And we have a lot of this reclamation happening right now um, and forevermore as it always has been, which I kind of want to say that again is, you know, this reclamation of the feminine 
you're going back millennia, you're going back eons into a canon of time and space that, you know, where patriarchy began, but this, this constant levels of deep moments of oppression or suppression within the feminine is kind of what we're here to carry out and reclaim in all these different ways and myriads of ways of whether it's you're in the academic world, whether you're, you know, in the educational field, whether you're in the healing field, whether you're in the music and art space, whether you're a writer, whether you are a mother, whether you're a sister, whether you're a daughter, like all of these ways that, that you can be present. And I really want to stress that too, because I think it's important that wherever you are, like you said, in this moment right now is exactly where you need to be in your life of reclaiming your feminine. And that's can could be in a gendered role, in a non-gendered role, <laughs> in a societal norm, like just taking all this, I'll take a deep breath, you know, together of like, we're worthy enough to be just holding space wherever we are. And I really want to, you know, thank you for, for stepping forward and doing the work that you're doing because yeah, we can go into many years of hibernation and sometimes I feel it is a requirement to go deep into the void. Um, I had to go deep into the void in order to find my light again. And I mean, I really like pushed at some points, you know, to the point of being suicidal to like having divorcing. I mean, all kinds of different levels of initiations as I call it throughout my life. Um, And so if you're listening to this and you're going through an initiation you know, just remembering to me, the goddess really showed me the cycle of life and the beauty of the cycle of life and how we all move in a spiral and in a circle. And there is a beginning and a middle and an end, and this too shall pass and you will get through it. Um, And there's so much wisdom for you to learn within the darkness, honestly. Sometimes I believe way more than the light. Um, Hmm that there's, there's such beauty there, you know? And so, yeah, for me, I had to, I would find myself for sure anchoring back into the goddess in a way of like these ancient sites, um, going to ancient sites to reactivating any part of my DNA that was possible to keep me anchored to stay, um, to just remember why I was here. And that could have been in a cave in Kauai, you know, or it could have been in a sound chamber with a Chindi and Raquel in Egypt, you know, or it could be in the waters in, in Maui. I mean, or in the oceans in Tahiti. I mean, I just was like, I need to return to the eternal grace of this mother. And I feel that the Ma energy really held me so deeply that if I wasn't a complete, like, like a baby like just so open to her grace that I would never be able to experience it and I can tell right away if someone's been able to experience it and I think that's where kind of you and I have this like beautiful connection because and and that that kind of connection I feel is growing and we'll go into this a little bit of like this how this feminine rise is happening not that it hasn't happened yes. before, but this this deep, deep connection and remembrance, I see it so much in people now that I'm connected to and that I'm working with of them living these like multiple timelines and being able to hold more space within all of it and be able to share their gifts to the world and inspire others. Like it is such a glorious, incredible time 
really vibrant. And I kind of feel like I've been having dreams of the Alec, the library of Alexandria. Like, I don't know why, but maybe because I'm so in academia right now <laughs> where I'm just like, as a, you know, as a researcher, like, I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like searching for it, you know, and wanting to rewrite history. So, or her story, excuse me. And so let's talk about your, um, your reclamation of and your story in particular, but like where that led you in terms of what kind of sacred arts and offerings came out of, you know, your own experience. Yes, absolutely. Well, interestingly enough, I had always been, when I say always, but I had been a Reiki healer for many years, even throughout what I would term, you know, still being in the magic closet, not having emerged as if yet a Reiki and my spirituality was still on the kind of on the outer edges of in and out of the magic. And so um, I became a Reiki master. And then I I started giving people readings, Akashic record readings. Tarot is actually, I think, how it started. And I've always been able to understand the symbolism of dreams and tarot cards and occulted information and esoteric. It always came really easy to me. And I was able to puzzle piece things that I had read or heard or channeled or dreamt or someone had said or a song had played. And it's like things would always start just weaving together in this tapestry. And yeah, I started giving tarot readings and they just became very easy for me. And then channeling became something that just was at the forefront. I mean, it was literally like I would channel my tarot readings and then I started channeling past lives of people. And it was things that, you know, at first you wonder, how do I trust this information? You know, like, and it started coming in as a channel for myself and then I could cross-reference it on the Google old Google and <laughs> you know, 90 things that were coming up in my channelings were things that I could, you know, really and truly could validate yeah. and um, who doesn't love a good validation as well. Yes. And really just started from there. I started doing a lot of research that really is originally bond from channelings from meditation dreams visuals um spontaneous automatic writing scrying mm -hmm. um many different practices and and then of course you know the sacred sites pilgrimages continued i used to pilgrimage quite often when i was younger and i spent quite a bit of time in greece i was obsessed with athenian oh my gosh Anthony. i really want to go next year we should go together yeah. We should go together. Absolutely. And so I spent quite a bit of time there just in the temples. And, um, and so when everything happened with this course correction in my life and my redevotion to the goddess, it's just Egypt every year. It's mm -hmm. France every year for the Magdalene pilgrimage. It's Scotland yeah. and Ireland for the Celtic. Um, just this, I have this deep Celtic remembrance inside of me. It's, it's really insane sometimes. And this has been since I was a child, mm. uh, wearing a Clara ring and, and studying Gaelic and just mm -hmm. so many different things. I was just, wow. even in my own kind of psyche, I was like, this is odd for, you know, a girl from yeah. the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and realizing, you know, when I walk these lands that I have, I am remembering something that I had forgotten. I had forgot. Mm -hmm. and 
walking in footsteps that I have created for myself to retrace my patterns and my cycles, my rhythms and my memories. And yeah, that really just led me as a Reiki master into learning Magdalene Reiki um, four years ago and then becoming a Magdalene Reiki um, teacher and certifier. And, and it's a feminine folkloric, what I like to call medicine and magic, but mm-hmm. it's a divine somatic experience of healing techniques that are rooted in the feminine and so the attunements the symbols the utterances the invocations um it's it's for me it feels very essene like it feels Uh very Uh cathar originated when i am in a magdalene reiki session i can see myself cloaked I can see myself with the oils as a mirror for it's it's very visceral and tangibly like oracular for me and quite often for clients Mm -hmm. and um, I spent a lot of time in Sedona studying as well and I was gifted a, a vision one day I was sitting at one of the vortices and if you've been to Sedona you know yes. how it goes yeah I have. <laughs> exactly I was sitting near one of the vortices and just had this complete download and a, a female guide came to, came to me and she says you know my, my name is Jasmiliana and mm-hmm. I was like what a beautiful name like names and um she proceeded to essentially show me that I was going to pursue a tantric path mm. and yeah at this point I, I was intrigued but also quite frightened I think <laughs> um, because I was you know deeply devoted to the goddess and and yeah. tantric felt at that point even though I knew about the tantric priestess path um, I always felt mine was going to be a little bit more incense and dark cave and lo yeah. and behold the tantric incense and dark as well so um here we go um yeah and very shortly thereafter that I started taking tantric trainings and ista and workshop with Layla Martin and um, most recently was really in like deeply connected in with kundalini ascension and alchemy work um, through the school of Elliot Zaxby in Europe and so you know just deeply falling in love with eros and yeah. with sensuality and mm-hmm. with these practices that don't necessarily or even have to evolve around sex, but it's mm-hmm. around the reclamation of the sensuality that mm-hmm. creates that inspiration. It creates the manifestation. It creates that dream and blueprint. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have that desire before the desire, if we don't have that intent and that inspiration, then we don't have a dream. And then we don't have a blueprint. And then mm-hmm. what are we handing to the masculine, to mm-hmm. architect in the world? Mm-hmm. And so for me, in my humble opinion, the tantric path and the reclamation of the sensuality of the feminine is inspiration it is embodiment mm-hmm. and it's vulnerability while also being so fiercely strong and feminine it mm-hmm. it's the paradox as it always is going to be right it's that mm-hmm. soft and that strong it's the light and the dark of the goddess and it's so deeply intertwined in that divine dna spiral mm-hmm. and all of that is the dream it's the reflective and refractive path you know of this it's very multifaceted as the diamond that we are and it, but it has to be mm-hmm. if it's just way, if it's just one 
ethos, then there is no Eros because Eros is almost like chaos. It's Mm -hmm. this potential that hasn't been organized yet. And that's really the job of the masculine. And so we are this unbridled potential and sometimes this unbridled chaos as we know it in, you know, present day modern terms, but it's, it's really magic. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this availability that anything here is really at our fingertips as a feeling, as an inspiration, as -hmm. something that is taste, um, something that is a a quick pulse in the body, a, a quick speed up of the heart you know it's that piece that lets us know something just changed the energy the breath the heat the cold something mm. just altered a door a pathway a stargate portal just opened up and that's that erotic eros sensual path if we can trust it if we can feel worthy enough to express that part of ourselves and really for no one other than ourselves Mm-hmm. But to think into, you know, we have the somatic language of our body, but then we have also the sensual somatic language of our body. Mm-hmm. And that is really speaking to us in such a soft, but also quite loud way in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And how the reclamation of the softness and the vulnerability completely in symbiosis with that fierce that ferocity that primordial that very primal and kind of almost savage female as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know that it almost feels like there's like an alchemical marriage times two you know mm-hmm. there's the alchemical marriage of, of the the dark goddess and the, and and the light goddess you know and then there's also the alchemical marriage of that intertwined goddess with the masculine and then there's the initiation of that sacred marriage of that hero's gamos and i think that's just that's really what the magdalene path means to me as mm-hmm. an energetic healing modality as uh you know as far as kundalini and tantric priestessing goes as well it's mm-hmm. it's the alchemical times however many times we need to initiate ourselves into a higher and fuller octave of ourselves mm, I love that fuller octave <laughs> yeah yeah definitely the the song right that we play that's how I see energy it always looks like uh bands of like harp strings it feels mm-hmm. like infinite an amount of strings and we're weaving in and out of them and the many dimensions and realms that we get to play in is really up to us and how many different weaves we feel capable of. And going back to like reclaiming the feminine, I I feel that this embodiment piece, which is something I talked about yesterday, Mm. is, is truly the even me being a Kundalini teacher, like even within that space is, is still like, I still want to find the feminine space within that, you know? And um, so I really love how you're bringing in this level of embracing the sensuality and the sensuality within all of us. And of course we're in like Navitri time right now, full Libra. I just had to post about Venus again. Like it's a beautiful time to do this kind of work and um and very few people get access to it you know which is I have a huge thing about that too it's like 
we're all on our paths and we're so lucky to have spaces of just even a moment right together and <clears throat> knowing what's going on in the world and and how do you feel right now um the importance of your work is for those that you know are able to cross your path and that's the whole thing about this podcast too is to help people get their work out there because i really feel like people are listening to this and they're like gosh i wish i could do something like that and there's so much yeah. going on in my life but you know it's like finding the, the golden thread in the chaos and it, within that and how do you feel women who are trying to reclaim their feminine um can find a way to work with you or find a way to get closer to it what are, what are some of the steps that they should do maybe sometimes yeah thank you that's a beautiful inquiry I think I would love to start with how can they get closer to themselves mm -hmm. because they can only meet me and I can only meet them as deeply as they've met themselves mm -hmm. and as deeply as they're committed to deepening into mm -hmm. and so for me I think it's really just about having a sense of freedom within the way that you express yourself and that mm -hmm. can be the way that you speak the way that you journal the way that you even record dreams in the morning or your meditation understandings but really just getting comfortable with exercising your own communication with yourself Mm -hmm. and, you know the way that you pray or the way that you cook food or the way that you walk with your you know your spine erect and standing straight up like all of this is a communication and all of this is a language that you're speaking to yourself and so how do you really carry your own energetic frequency so that it can connect and match up with others so that it can find um, in, you know, an electromagnetic ally um, in and itself and, and then also a beacon so that you can shine together and it's not about you know we talk a lot about beacons and being the light and things like this and I love that but I also find like the darkness is also where so much of our power lies mm -hmm. and so getting clear on what is your dark side mm -hmm. what does that look like for you what makes you jealous what makes you angry what gives you mm -hmm. sacred rage what's the sacred rage that you're holding back that mm. honestly wants to be purged wants to be set free there's a sense of freedom within that too that's going to make spaciousness for mm. something new and exciting and and meaningful to land but when whether it's the light or the dark if it's taking up space and it's not evolutionary and it's not mm -hmm. what's coming mm -hmm. then it's meant and so I think all of these practices are about waking up each morning in an evolutionary state and giving gratitude for what the anchor is and what the what the foundation is mm -hmm. but every day we breathe new air and mm -hmm. every day we take another walk and every day we blink our eyes open and shut to a new viewpoint even if it looks the same it's a new day and so bringing that energy I think into the communication and the, the somatic intelligence that you're showing yourself mm -hmm. and so really I think dancing with me because I hate the word work <laughs> always, yeah. you know, so much extra to do shadow work dream work, work. yeah so, you know to dance with me I think really um it's just about an inquiry, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm going to ask 
questions. I always ask, you know, when people come to me, what is, what are you here for today? What are your, what are your deepest hopes? What are your deeply desiring to know, you know, for Akashic record readings, that's actually part of what you have to come to the section with, you know, what are three things that you deeply desire to have a dialogue on? Mm -hmm. Because the guides like, don't come to me and ask me what your purpose was. Your purpose was to wake up this morning. It was to go to the bathroom. It was to feed the dog. It was to brush your teeth. And so, you know, there are these inquiries that go beyond the surface. Mm -hmm. They go beyond what, what we're comfortable inquiring about. They go beyond what we're familiar with. And I think, you know, when you desire to go beyond the familiar and the comfortable mm-hmm. then we end up connecting and that's mm-hmm. kind of how it always is mm-hmm. whether it's with friends or new communities or clients you know when when you are desiring for something deeper and higher and more profound and meaningful that you are able to gift back to this world and also simultaneously receive mm-hmm. then we usually mm-hmm. and and so I, I teach Magdalene Reiki certification or Magdalene energetic certification. I offer Kundalini alchemy sessions, mm-hmm. which is all about coming out of our mind and literally becoming one with our body and feeling the purge of grief or anger or fear or doubt or unworthiness or density mm-hmm. in exchange for waves of pure bliss moving through your body because that's literally our birthright mm-hmm. and so when we, when we have enough courage to actually release all the things that make us feel like we are tied to a certain circumstance when we actually give the courage to that mm-hmm. to say okay of this cord even though I don't know what's on the other end of it mm-hmm on the other end of that is usually such a pleasurable aligned and in flow experience mm-hmm. that to be in the head is a disservice because we fully want to experience that from the body from that somatic sensual intelligence and so that's kundalini alchemy in a scallop shell actually and um but yeah I also offer tarot readings and I do mentorships typically around the goddess and priestess path um I'm a sound shamana I love creating sacred geometry through sound and light and I will be leading a pilgrimage to the south of France a Magdalene pilgrimage next year for Beltane in April so stay tuned for that information. Yeah, there's so much. So exciting. Are you doing um any Magdalene certification online yes. now or the next one's gonna be in January? And so okay. we offering that in January. I'll be doing level one and level two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll be putting those dates on my website soon, jatemshiri.com. And then I'll also be putting it on our, my Instagram, which is at jatemshiri. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Magdalene Reiki is definitely something that continues to grow. The mystery teachings around it continue to be channeled in and mm-hmm. to really incorporate much more 
ritual and symbols and ceremony around the energetic initiation that mm-hmm. it is it's the mm-hmm. transference of energy between I wouldn't even call it client but between initiate and initiator mm-hmm. and I feel even in that it's such a such a moment of connection when you can connect with the divine and realize that as a conduit through your body that the goddess flows mm-hmm. and that not only are you just the receptacle for that but you are a haven for that energy and that it also cleanses you it also heals you it also purifies you it also completely gives grace mm. gives grace and so yeah. i love it so much and let's um for anybody who's listening out there and just really connecting to what Shatem is talking about or if you're feeling it and you're like oh even getting activated by it which is really the whole point <laughs> is <laughs> we do what we can right um i wanted to say is the can we talk about magdalene a little bit because there is a resurfacing of it and in lots of ways we've had so we actually have lots of publications out now in the last 10 years as well as scholarly work that's done and you know um online magdalene temples that have been happening and people are doing you know, a lot of exploration around Magdalene, around Mary Magdalene. And um, can you just give us a little brief history of your connection? And so listeners can maybe sink into that a little bit. Absolutely. Well, my connection with Magdalene actually started with ISIS and Mm -hmm. continues with ISIS. And so uh, um, goddess ISIS of Egypt has always been such a deep energy within my life. And for many years before it, she's actually what started me on the research path of the priestess and of the goddess and trying to understand goddess lore because of this deep remembrance of Isis and the temple of Isis and the practices of Isis. And lo and behold, um, there is evidence to suggest that Mary Magdalene, the Magdalene, was a temple priestess of Isis and not just a temple priestess, but a high priestess of the highest degree. And so in my understanding of Mary Magdalene and really becoming devoted to that lineage and a priestess of Isis and, and Mary Magdalene, it's that there is a red thread weaving. There is a lineage and a legacy around the priestesses and that Mari, Mary, Magdalene were actually titles and not their names. Isis used to be called Mari Isis. Hathor used to be called Mari Hathor because it was priestess Isis, priestess Hathor, priestess Magdalene. Now Magdalene even in of itself, it means elevated. It means radiant and it means the tower. And when we talk about even the tower, this always is something that used to go in my mind and I would wonder, hmm, how are these two things connected? And Isis's hieroglyph in Egypt is the throne. And it's very, very similar to a tower. It's a tower that she places over her head. And these two things, once again, are reminiscent and also coalescing in the etymology and the symbology, meaning that they are watching over their realms, over their queendoms, if you will, and that these were women that were leaders. They were visionaries, illuminators, the radiance of the divine. They Mm -hmm. were the Sophianic consciousness 
And then I would read and research on things like Pythagoras, you know, the, the grandfather of medicine, having studied with the Pythia, you know, which is once again, dear and dear to my heart, the Greek, you know, the Greek temples and the Greek understandings of the oracles. And, you know, he got his name Pythagoras from the Pythia. That was an a gifted name when you had reached a certain level of initiation within a mystery school and he was learning from a great high priestess don't even get me started on on king solomon who married hundreds of priestesses who were of wild wise keeping women they were just the the wisdom keepers of many nations of of information and ritual and ceremony and ascension techniques this is why he was so great because he had an army a literal army of the wisdom keepers of the world backing him and they were women so this mm -hmm. entire lineage is weaved through into the magdalene lineage you know into the cathars at the albigensians into the witches who were burned at the stake because they were also part of this lineage it's for the lineage that is reawakening now that in my opinion, is time encoded. It's like, we're like time capsules. And it's like, boop, boop, boop. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is your time. This gift comes to the surface. And it's like a vending mm -hmm. machine almost, you know? And are we ready to, to feed that mechanism in order for our genetic memories and our neural pathways to come into reception and to be fully, come, you know, come out of dormancy? And I think that's really part of, what I'm here to do is to awaken the dormant divine and specifically the dormant divine feminine um, mm -hmm. that's here for us now as a miraphor, as an, initiate, an initiatrix, as a healer and as an oracle and, and really just as someone who wants to empower those that I meet to be fully embodied in mm -hmm. their, um, whatever that looks like. And it has mm -hmm. to look different. Mm -hmm. so you know the magdalene is she's the hidden goddess of our era who's not so hidden anymore you know and one last thing for most people and this is the question that i always get from people when they're like magdalene really if, if they're really not in this world yeah. they're like wasn't she a prostitute and i love mm -hmm. this question and because that's what the majority of people would remember about her mm -hmm. and the thing about studying and also being embodied in the priestess path is that you know about the sacred whores mm -hmm. you know about the the kadesha you know you know about these women that were not whores but they were experiencers and initiators of what's called, called horasis and horasis is a divine ecstatic experience it's an experience that's mentioned in the bible many times as mm -hmm. being able to have a vision, a prophecy, um, an altered state of consciousness, and in seeing the divine. And so it was once again, the oracles, the pythias, the seers, the visionaries, the tantric priestesses who were providing ecstatic experiences of horasis. And mm -hmm. this gets translated by male scholars, no doubt, you yeah. know, into prostitutes, which mm -hmm. then gives us you know what we have today is the derogatory whore when really and truly these were the embodied souls that brought ascension processes and the closeness that we can experience through a pathway of god a pathway through the divine these were the teachings that 
over the years were buried, were burned, were silenced, but in the dark, and we have clawed our way to the top of that sarcophagus. Mm -hmm. Going back anytime soon. And that's the Magdalene's message right now. Mm. I can be holy and I can be the pious, cloak-covered, incense-carrying priestess in white as well. And I am both and I am all. Mm. Yeah. That just makes me start crying. I'm <laughs> just like, oh oh sister i'm leaving that world right now with you i just yeah. felt that so deeply sorry i'm just totally gonna cry <sighs> oh now i have so much work to do but i'm i'm so grateful learning or dancing not just like I was like oh just hearing like just rewriting history in academia and just you know it just it goes so deep and um this this time is so is so important in so many ways and weaving these threads for future generations to understand what is available to them and um that what they see is not what it is and yeah I have so much that I can go into with that and I really love the way that you explain Magdalene and um, I have such a deep connection. I mean, my name starts with Ma and I can go into that. That's a whole thing in itself, but you know, it's just, it's, there's so many beautiful ways to recognize the Ma within each of you who are listening. And if you felt any kind of connection or like just, just any kind of vibration shift in your energy field of something that's curious, something that's like, oh, and a remembrance, an inkling, an ignition, a light, um, even a question or some frustration or agitation, any kind of subtleness that might've shifted for you in her share. I really encourage you to follow Jatem. I will link all of her stuff on the episode and, you know, look into this beautiful offering that she's going to have starting next year. Who knows? Maybe I'll do it. And <laughs> You know, in this invitation too, like I'm hoping to maybe go to Crete and one of my professors, Carol Christ, I don't know if you know, used to lead beautiful um, pilgrimages to Greece. She was a big scholar in feminine Greek mythology and she passed away a couple of years ago. So she's no longer leading them, but there's definitely a, a huge desire to, to like go into those spaces and, um, so I, I really honor you and I want to thank you for coming on here today and for just giving us a little bit of light within the darkness of wherever we are, just remembering the, the gloriousness of ourselves and just the divinity that is embraced within each of us to, to live a life that is on the midst of those edges of those realms, you know, that can be magical and mystical, but also have the ferocity and the tenacity and the gumption to stay here and stay tethered and be grounded and be practical and have practical magic and be blessed with beautiful human experiences like your beloved and still come through and be a beacon of light it's just you're an inspiration my love mm. thank mm. you thank you thank you and thank you for everything you're doing and for all the souls that you get to touch uh, they will be forever changed and just such an honor to spend some time with you today. 
Oh, Marnie, thank you. What a pleasure. What an honor. And just a deep bow to you and this the dissemination even of this information in such a heartfelt way because you are living it. You are defending it. You are becoming it more and deeper every day with every word, how you teach it. Um, and you're dropping seeds. I mean, you literally are dropping seeds from the garden of utopian Eden, like everywhere you go, you know? Mm -hmm. And so thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, deeply devoted to hand to hand, heart to heart, you know, walking this path together in whichever way that we possibly can. And yeah, count me in for Crete. Oh, I would love to <laughs> do it. Let's do it. Stay tuned, everyone. Yes. Uh, well, have a blessed, beautiful, grounded day. And everyone stay tuned and for more episodes on the Golden Thread podcast. And just keep a big, radiant heart open as you go through the world and whatever you're doing. And uh, blessed be. Blessed be. Mm.